You're listening to From the Clubhouse, a National Club Golfer podcast. It's the type of development a truly championship golf course deserves. A £25 million investment comprising of a new clubhouse, 18 luxury lodges and a fresh look at the course overseen by architect Carl Phillips is transforming Dundonald Links into a luxury resort. The Ayrshire facility, owned by Darwin Escapes, has already been a playground for the world's best golfers as a former host of both the men's and women's Scottish Opens. Now, as it prepares to unveil its new look over the coming weeks and months, I sat down with Ian Ferguson, Dundonald Link's general manager, to talk about the massive project and what it's going to mean for golfers. Ian, welcome to the From the Clubhouse podcast. Delighted to have you with us. Well, thanks for the invitation. It's great to be here. So for anyone who's been under a cave for the last year, and uh, I accept that with the pandemic and various lockdowns that that that's always a possibility now just give us a sense of, of what's been going on at Dundonald Links and the huge development that's happening there yeah well well we have um we really started the development started um just as the pandemic came around as well so they so the timing wasn't uh, wasn't good uh, so we had a bit of a faltering start but only actually fortunately for a few weeks and then we got everything back on the rails again construction was one of the first um, industries to come back uh, so we were able to uh, mobilize again and and get things on track so construction really hasn't been delayed uh, fortunately and we've kept we've kept um, progress going throughout throughout the throughout the uh, COVID-19 pandemic so it's been it's been good in that in, in that regard and keeping everything on on the right track People who are listening will clearly know Dundonald Links from the Scottish Opens, the various iterations, both men's and ladies that have been held there in the past. It was also historically known as um, an absolutely fantastic course, but one without a clubhouse. So um, £25 million, I think, the development is in total from, from Darwin Escapes, who are obviously the, the owners of Dundonald Links. So could you give me a kind of step-by-step plan of what's happening there in terms of the clubhouse the lodges and what's going on around the course sure yeah well it's yeah well you're right we're we're in i'm sitting at the minute now in the um in the porter cabin clubhouse uh, which has actually served us really well and and stood the test of three lady scottish opens and a and a men's scottish open um, in 2017 so um so it really has served as well but it's it's we, we always had a it was a temporary arrangement, but we've had it had it for thirteen years now. So um, we we had to do something here. So there was a the do nothing option just wasn't an option. Uh, so uh, so we we have embarked on when Darwin took over two years ago. We've embarked on this amazing journey of of uh, developing the idea of what can we what can we do to enhance this you know the course that has stood up to scrutiny from the world's top professionals and 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 we then we then um were purchased by by darwin uh two years ago uh just about to the day and um and we 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 set about thinking about how we how we can develop the site and um 
so so we've we have now created this great plan that we're executing at the minute and uh, with with a tremendous clubhouse that is really sort of taking a, a grip on on the landscape here uh, and also develop what's really been lacking here as well is is accommodation uh, on site to some great accommodation in Ayrshire but you know, we, we thought there was definitely a market and a gap in the market for accommodation on site for the golfer. Uh, so that's what we're doing at the minute is developing all of those facilities to complement the golf course. Yeah, let's start with the lodges, if we could. Is it still 18 in total? Yeah, we've got 18 lodges. They're being developed, um, well, with a couple of phases to the development and they'll be um, developed first. So with three clusters of six lodges. So uh, we've got three six bed lodges, three four bed lodges and 12 two bed lodges. Um, so, so those lodges are set in clusters and each one of the little clusters sort of horseshoe shaped and each one of those horseshoes has a quite a significant putting green uh, that is um, dedicated for each one of those lodges. So Kyle Phillips has actually designed each one of those putting greens. So He's put a lot of thought into trying to create a lot of fun, uh, something that just isn't a flat surface for, you know, for people to go out and put on. It's something that creates a bit of interest and something that people are drawn to and have a bit of fun on. It's all about enjoying yourself. So, so that those are going to be real, real features for anybody who's, who's staying on the lodges. So if you're trying to put a couple of hours in of an evening uh, with a gin and tonic in your hand, then it's probably perfect. People are supposed to leave, aren't they? Though, and they're not supposed to—they're not supposed to see it and then try and stay forever. But I mean, the 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 uh, the private putting greens are obviously an awesome part. But the um, development with golfers in mind goes a bit further than that, doesn't it? I mean, often when you go to um, accommodation around golf clubs, it's accommodation. It's like a hotel room. But these have been designed, haven't they, with players in mind? They have absolutely the, the whole of the, the whole of the scheme has been designed with golf in mind. It is very golf centric. So when you enter the lodge, you enter a little vestibule area that will give you a slight, like a sort of utility room um, where uh, we have created some space for your golf clubs, for your shoes. If they happen to be wet, we put radiators at low levels so they so they'll dry out for you. Uh, hang up your hang up your wet gear if it happens to be wet. There's a dehumidifier in there to make sure it doesn't get all damp and clammy. So you don't have to bring your clubs into your room like you normally would do in a hotel setting. Get all your clubs out, prop them up against the radiator, try and dry them out for the next day. So yeah, we've, we've tried to think of all of these uh, angles to just make life easier for the golfer. And some of the lodges as well have um, washing machines and uh, tumble dryers. And so if you really want to go to town and, and um, sort everything out for the next day, then that's, 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 that's there for you. Is it an international market that you've got prim primarily in mind there, or are you looking as much at, at domestic staycations, particularly maybe over the next 12 months? Well, certainly that, that has shifted slightly with COVID, as it has for everybody. Um, so so up, up to this point, we have, we have been um, you know, busy with the North American market, Northern European market, uh, and also UK market um, pre-COVID. COVID now has, has affected that, as has affected everybody. And certainly we're getting a lot of interest from, uh, from, from UK and from down south in Ireland as well. Um, and these facilities are starting to get noticed and uh, with, with inquiries now coming, coming through and asking is about same questions you're asking me exactly. What is in, what is in, what are in the lodges? And, um, and certainly we're getting a great, 
reaction from that and some nice positive feedback. Obviously, the crowning uh, point of any golf facility is its clubhouse. And as, and as you've uh, indicated earlier, Ian, um, Dundon links have had to be very patient um, to get there. So tell me a little bit about the clubhouse then and the kind of facilities it's going to provide golfers and what it's going to bring to the complex. Sure. Well, well the, the, clubhouse, um, the clubhouse has has many of the constituent parts of the clubhouse that you'd expect. So, so we have a nice reception area to welcome people. And check in. We've also got a pro shop next to that. It's quite extensive. Uh, um, and then male, female changing rooms. We also have sauna and steam room in each of those. Um, we've got a gym facility as well that we've um, you know, been very uh, fastidious about focusing in you know, on what a golfer needs if they if they want to train in there seriously or if they want to train in there just to warm up. So we've thought through exactly what we want to include in terms of equipment in there. Uh, and then the first floor is completely dedicated to food and beverage. Uh, so it's a significant space um, that has tremendous views over the golf course, over Arran, the Isle of Arran, uh, over the Ilse Craig and into Troon Harbour. You can see directly into Troon Harbour. So you've got a tremendous vista from, from the first floor. Yeah, I mean, clearly, um... I imagine the object is to get people to spend time there and, and more time than just perhaps, you know, a quick back bite to eat and a pint. The idea is to make it a welcoming place that people want to go before and after their rounds and settle into them. Yeah, and, and, and people people will have travelled um, traveled a long way to get to us and travelled a long way to get to Ayrshire and played golf. Um, and... And they just don't want to. Maybe the first time they've been here, but they just don't want golf. And what we what we've realised is that um, you know people certainly want to have um, a taste of local uh, culture, local history, local food. So what we have tried to do is is um, is is tie into that as much as possible and provide as much of that as we can on site, and also to point them in the direction of of um, again some of the fantastic history and scenery around here as well uh, so it's more than just a golf trip that people are coming across for four or five nights or a week or whatever they happen to do from wherever they're coming from um so so yeah it's more than just about golf yeah, i mean going, going to the golf course I mean, it was a pretty exciting golf course anyway with with a great prestige and we talked earlier about the events that have been held there but um you've put um a million pounds of investment into the golf course and and, and cal phillips has has come back to oversee that. So what's going on with the course? How can you make it better than it already was? Well, the, the course the course had, um, is, is probably, the best way of putting it is probably some fine tuning. Uh, Kyle, Kyle is great. He's got, a, he's got a tremendous eye. He knows exactly, as soon as we engaged with him, he knew exactly where he wanted to start and what he wanted to do uh, and what would, um, what would enhance the course so you know when you have somebody like him at the helm staring at it, it's you know it, it makes life a whole lot easier um so really what he's focused on and what we wanted to focus on was was the uh it was probably more cosmetic than anything else so it was enhancing the enhancing your experience as you play the course so there was there's been no there's been no rerouting of any of the holes no major surgery really so we have we have um looked specifically at the experience coming from from a green to the next tee uh, so we've we've installed grass pathways we've put irrigation to them we've made them wider so as we can 
spread where. Um, we've also looked at um, a lot of the Tain complexes that needed reorientation, also needed increased in size to give a lot more, uh, just a lot more, a lot, many more options for, for uh, play. Um, so for example, 11 and 15 to the short holes uh, or par threes, um, we've, we've increased significantly the size of that tain ground. Um, and it does change, it does change the look and feel of the hole and, but it doesn't increase the distance necessarily, but it really does give the golfer a lot more options when playing a tee shot. The temptation isn't there, I think, to when you get someone like Kyle back in to have a look, the temptation is to perhaps do a little bit more than cosmetic, have a look at bunkers and things like that. Did you have to resist that? Was it easy to do that? Well, we have we have had a look at some bunkers. We've re-revetted probably 35, 36 bunkers. So that's been done, closed the course on the 1st of November. Um, and over that period of time, we've, we've, we've completed that work. So a lot of those bunkers are... Um, uh, have you know have been renewed? Um, we haven't created any new new bunkers, but um, we've rerouted part of the uh, uh, part of the burn that runs in front of the ninth, um, and and put uh, and put sleepers in instead of it being a being a dry ditch. It's now has got flowing flowing water, and that'll go down all the way from the ninth right the way down the third, the par five third. Uh, so that's another sort of aspect to to. Um, occupy your mind when you, st you stand on the tee and try and hit a driver in three into the wind. It's a huge program of works here, you know, in a new clubhouse, um, the lodges, and obviously the improvements to the golf course. Um, how's the timetable going at the moment? How far along are you with the project? We close the course on the 1st of November to, um, to do all the work. We'll reopen the 1st of May. Um, all the works will be complete and we'll have, had, we'll have probably had maybe four, five, six weeks of growing in if uh, we keep our fingers crossed for the, the sun to come out and the weather to help us along. Um, so we're confident that, you know, we'll be in good shape by then. Uh, and then and then the first of the next phases uh, opening will be uh, the uh, for, will be the first of the lodges. So cluster one will be open uh, in sort of mid-July mid time. Uh, and then cluster two shortly after that and um, cluster three by August. So we will have accommodation on site during the uh, during the season this year, um, and then and then we open the clubhouse and we have an additional twenty two rooms uh, that are very very close to the clubhouse, uh, and they will open uh, towards the end of October. Almost fortuitous in some respect that. Um hopefully the first tranche of openings will happen as restrictions are finished. Um, I mean, clearly uh, uh, some brave uh, decisions made by the operators to, to carry on with this and go ahead with this huge development in a uncertain coronavirus world. Um, are you excited about what's, what's coming in the future? I mean, hopefully we'll have got rid of all the um, restrictions and the and the problems that we've had over the last 15 months and by the time all of these things start to come on stream you can really push forwards. Yeah well it is incredibly exciting for me personally it's incredibly exciting because um, I used to I've lived over as you can tell from my accent I'm not, I'm not from Scotland but I'm originally from Belfast and uh, I've been over in the west coast of Scotland for just about 20 years and um, I used to come and play. I used to come and play here in uh, Greenfee before I had any association or link with Donald Links. 
Um, so I love the course. Um, so it's great that, you know, when the opportunity came for me to be here and be part of it, um, you know, I jumped at the chance. So, so it's um, great for me to see the whole place flourishing, the, the old porta cabin going, the new, the new clubhouse emerging, the accommodation on site. And it's, you know, what I've always thought and many others is that it just needs that capital investment to realize, um, you know, the, the potential of Dundonald Links and the site itself. So yeah, it's hugely exciting for me. And there's, you know, not, not many, uh, not many golf businesses at the minute spending spending that sort of money and investing that sort of capital. So um, it's great to be involved in something as you know in this sort of magnitude. So and I know the pro and if I can say I know the product is going to be fantastic. I've been involved in in a lot of the detail of it and you know they even down to creating this whiskey room that we've um, we spend a lot of a lot of time on and hopefully a lot of time in actually when it's uh, when it's open, but you know, things like that that will add huge value to what we do and, you know, create, you know, what would be a tremendous experience for people who come for just more than golf, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah, I'm sorry, we're not carrying on at all until you tell me some more about the whiskey room. <laughs> well, yeah, it, I knew it would catch a few a few people's attention, but it, yeah, I mean, we, we wanted to, again, it was, it's, it's back to that experience that people, that people have come from, uh, who maybe haven't been to Scotland before, regardless of where they come from, it's, 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 just engaging with you know this sort of you know the local the local produce the local environment and um and you can't avoid whiskey if you're if you're doing that so um we so we've created a whiskey room and um it you know we're again i was i was funny enough i was on with our interior designer this morning talking talking about it in more detail so it's very fresh in my mind so uh you know that'll be it's it's a room where we'll have some really fine rare whiskies where you can taste uh, whiskies from across Scotland. So uh, from all the various regions, from the islands and your PD malts down to uh, the Speysides and Lowlands and you know the whole array of of whiskies that are on offer. Some rare malts, um, and if you want to if you want to try something um, that is that is fairly straightforward and entry level that maybe you haven't tried whiskey before, we can do that. We'll do pairings with food, uh, and um, if you want to really go for it and try some very rare whiskies, then we'll have that option too. Um, and then we, we we will use that room for fine dining as well, so our um, uh, or private sorry private dining, and um, you'll have probably around twelve people can hire that out privately, and um, so you can have your private dining in there and a whiskey tasting and um, all sorts of all sorts of fun and games. I would imagine at the end of the night. The development sounds enormous, but I imagine you've got to think of it within the context of the competition with where you are. I mean, you're in a really golden circle for golf for those people who might not be familiar with the area, the likes of, you know, from Royal Troon to Prestwick to Western Gales, you know, to um, Barassi to Irvine. I mean, you are surrounded on all sides, aren't you, by exceptional golf courses. Yeah, there's a real it's it's a really rich area for for golf and, and quality golf courses, quality links golf courses. A real nest of courses here that you can really uh, have easy access to. So, you know, part of part of our thinking for the accommodation was that it it would be perfect for the golfer to to stay and play on on one of those courses, and and we had the opportunity to do that, and the investment was there, and. Um, and uh, it just was about getting the product right, really, and and that's what we we hope we've done. We've 
spent a lot of time and effort making sure that we've spoken to lots of people, uh, with lots of varying varying degrees of experience in in um, in the industry, and you know we hope we've you know we've we've sort of touched on lots of very important aspects of you know what makes that experience special for uh, people who are visiting the area to play golf. And if you have a world-class golf course and world-class facilities, can we expect Ian world-class players to be returning anytime soon? Well, um, you never know. We we certainly have um, done our best to to make sure we've um, created something that appeals to um, to the travelling golfer who's coming to enjoy themselves for a few days, and also to make sure that we sort of future-proof it for. For any future uh, interest in events here, so you know, for example, our our short game area and and, and range has been significantly enhanced. Um, we've doubled the size of the range head. Um, it looks like a football pitch just now, um, and re so returfed it, and um, we've we've um, stripped the main range and uh, put six target greens in there. So it look, looks really impressive at the minute. Um, just hydro seeded it the other day so it'll come on whenever the heat comes um, and the grass will start growing and it'll start to mature and we've we've created or Kyle has created to be honest uh, all of this but um, created a couple of different uh, short game options for people so we've created a nice revetted bunker to um, that you can practice your um, short game out of before you go out and play um, uh, traditional chip chip and run shots from those tight fairway lies so all, all of those will be options for people as they as they you know before they play golf um, so yeah we're, we're really proud of what Kyle's done on the uh, on the range and the short game area well I'm sure that there are very exciting times ahead for Dundonald links and I'm also sure that golfers will be very keen um, to come up and see what's been done and what's on offer um, during the coming season. Ian, uh, good luck with it all and, and thanks for joining me on the From the Clubhouse podcast. No, thank you very much, Steve. Appreciate it.